guys, I'm Bree. And I'm Allie, and this is Off Script. If you think about it, books are potential scripts for movies. When this adaptation happens, typically it's disappointing because they went off script. In this series, we will be talking about how off script they went. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Off Script. I'm Allie. And I'm Allie. <laughs> uh, I booted Brie off the podcast. It's just me now. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We wanted to do a little intro to our super awesome, fun, amazing episode we're about to have for you guys. But unfortunately, our schedules didn't match up for us to record this together. So stay tuned after the episode and you'll get to hear Brie all to yourselves. Um, in this episode, you guys, oh my gosh, we've felt blessed that we've been able to go and record at bookstores and stuff, but this is above and beyond what I thought we'd ever be able to do. We actually got an interview with an author, Matt Loglin, Two Kisses for Maddie, or Fatherhood as it's now called. Oh my gosh, you guys, like, <gasps> I'm swooning right now. I was so excited. This is like my dream interview. And uh, I just, I hope you all like it. We, we chat about so much different stuff. Matt is such a fantastic guy. He is so sweet. And I'm so glad that, you know, he said yes to us because <sighs> what a, like, awesome dream come true for just us two tiny little podcasters to actually be able to talk to someone about their work. So you guessed it. We talked about the ins and outs of making a book into a movie and um, how much control he had throughout it and his thoughts on it all. And we had a lot of fun. So we hope you do too. And we hope you enjoy this little bonus we have for you before we kick off season three. So here you go. Have fun. All right. Well, okay. welcome to Offscript. I'm Bree. I'm Allie. And who are you? Yeah. I'm Matt Loglin. Thank you for having me. This is really exciting. Of yes. course. Thank you so much for being on. We are so excited. So excited. And what book did you write? So the book we're going to be talking about, because I've written a couple. Oh, two, very actually. cool. <laughs> yeah. But the one we're going to be talking about today uh, was once called uh, Two Kisses for Maddie and has since been retitled Fatherhood. Um, and we can talk a little bit about how that all happened. Yes. Yeah. So did your book actually be retitled or just the movie is called Fatherhood? No, they actually retitled the book. I should I should have a copy somewhere. Wow. Um, so what happened was... Um, and we'll talk a lot about this as we go along, but um, my book got turned into a movie. And when that happened, um, the publisher was like, how do we sell a book with a different title than the movie? And I think this happens every yeah. once in a while. Um, yeah. And so they said, let's just retitle the book. And so I am, uh, if you don't see video of me, I'm a very old now white man. <laughs> and the movie stars a, a much better looking, much more fit, younger uh, looking black man named Kevin Hart. <laughs> and um, so there's a little cognitive dissonance because the book came out uh, with me and my daughter on the cover originally. Mm -hmm. And now mm -hmm. with the title change and the movie coming out, now it's a picture of Kevin Hart and the, the woman, the little girl who played my daughter. Oh. Um, 
so oh, i think there's a lot cool. of confusion for some <laughs> yeah. people, but, but anyway um it, it's it's part of it's part of the fun you know uh-huh. yeah i uh so i basically curate our book list for us and schedule it and i put two kisses on there because i knew she would really enjoy it and when she read it she was like i don't know what that is and i was like it's fatherhood on netflix you just watched it and you liked it <laughs> So, yeah, so my husband passed away in November 2020. So, oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, Fatherhood came out the first Father's Day without him. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I have to watch this and cry the whole day. And because he passed away when my daughter was about to turn four and it was on my son's first birthday. So, oh. I, yeah, so I, immediately was like I need to read this book and it was everything and more than I could even imagine so I I'm just gonna gush about it the whole time I interview you so <laughs> very kind of you thank I'm yes. so sorry to hear that it's thank just you awful and I I um I, I can't believe that after your husband died this was what you, <laughs> I started to avoid anything that would make me sad that's amazing that, that uh, you gravitated to this, this horrible horrible thing I'm so sorry oh my gosh no it was like I was just I don't really know why but I was so excited for it so it helped that Kevin Hart was in it because I absolutely loved him and he was the first comedian my husband and I saw together I was like it's meant to be and so (laughs) that's really cool that's really cool I love to hear that yeah but yeah so um I guess uh I am an audiobook uh listener so I was very excited when I heard it was an audiobook and then I started listening to it and I was like oh my gosh it's read by the author and I liked it so much I actually went and bought it too so (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so nice. Thank you. I've yes. I've only gotten one piece of feedback other than when I was recording it. I I, I don't know who this guy was, but he was like the husband of a woman who like read my blog or something. And um and he wrote me not long after the audiobook came out and he was like, Oh man, they should have had somebody else read this. Your voice was <laughs> monotone and terrible. And I was oh like I was like you know, and I, I, I don't mind criticism. I, I don't, yeah. I, I frankly just kind of put it off to the side as much as I put praise off to the side. And we can talk about that later too. But um, I was kind of like, damn, that was harsh. And then I was like, this guy's never, it, it, the the process of recording an audiobook is so difficult and awful. Yeah. And I wouldn't recommend it to anybody unless you're like a perfor- professional like voice actor. But like, wow. I was sitting there with like a pillow on my stomach to keep my stuff because I was hungry and like my stomach oh. was down. And so I had to stop that because the mic picks up everything. Um, they had me, you know, this is an incredibly emotional book. I had never actually read, I, you know, I've written it and I wrote, mm. wrote it in pieces and all this stuff, but I'd never read the book out loud, especially. And so to have to read it as an audiobook and then have somebody in a studio saying like, okay, well, you've got to stop. You got to go back and do it again. Oh my gosh. Less emotion. I'm <laughs> crying through this thing. The guy's telling me to do it with less emotion. So the first and, and literally the only thing I've ever heard from somebody was like man that was terrible it was too monotone and I'm like they told me to do that I was crying oh gosh. I mean, listen man this was hard for me and I was trying to you know infuse it with the emotion that it needed 
And then they were like, oh, we got to do another take of that. <laughs> Too much emotion. <laughs> you, you need five minutes to stop crying, man. And I was like, probably like 10, but yeah, sure. That sounds great. <laughs> oh my anyway, so gosh. That's a little tangent, but I, I do, I appreciate it. I, you know, I, I never know if people have listened to this thing or, or anything, but I, I appreciate that. And I'm sorry if my voice was <laughs> No, it ever, so. was perfect. My story with this is I usually read books. I'm not a big audiobook person. And so when she told me she was buying the book, I was like, oh, I'll just wait for the book to come. But then for our recording schedule, I was like, oh, this is so hard. And she like, she had given me her audible sign in for something else. I can't remember. So I was like, I'm going to surprise her. I'm going to start listening to this book. And I felt like I was your best friend because (laughs) you were in my ears. And I was like, oh, I feel his emotion. So I felt your emotion. Oh my so gosh. nice. Thank you. Yeah. I, yeah. Now, I, now I feel vindicated in some way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I was just like driving my car, sobbing. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's dangerous, but oh my gosh, I can't stop listening. And so. Yeah. I, I had a job where I was able to go on walks a lot. And so I would listen to your book and I like, for some reason, I thought I would have a lot longer time in the book before I would get to the emotional stuff. So it got to it pretty quick. And I just started sobbing on my walk. So I'm like walking around the <laughs> campus at work. Like, <laughs> yeah. I used to tell people, cause like, you know, when the book came out and, and people for the most part, you know, who had been following my blog and who knew a little bit about what was happening, um, you know, they were excited about the book and that was really kind and, and, and sweet of them. Um, but they would like, they would tell me they'd be reading it on like an airplane and things like that. And I was like, what were, what were you thinking? You know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, what's about to happen here. Like, <laughs> Like, are you the most callous person? And I'm, I count myself as one of those people. But you're just gonna cry about this kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. um, and and it's um, yeah. When you're out in public, it's it's really hard to explain whether it's an audiobook or you're actually mm-hmm. holding a book up, or even yeah. worse, a Kindle where somebody can't see the cover and they don't know, they can't look it up right. and see what's going on. Um, you know, there it leaves it leaves people to wonder like, are you just having like a, a breakdown of some, yeah. some sort, or are you being affected by uh, some art? And um, and yeah, it's hard to tell sometimes. So. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh my gosh, it was just so good. <laughs> And I just, well, thank you. I, appreciate I, had, it. I had something in my head and I lost it. So it'll come back to me. Don't worry. All right. <laughs> that's, how I, that's how I roll. <laughs> yeah. Me too. That's me how too. we do this. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got some questions for you. So are you ready? Yeah, let's go. All right. How involved in the making of the movie were you? And did Maddie get to be involved? Okay. So uh, I was way more involved than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like I had a pretty healthy understanding of how this was going to go, right? Like I thought they were going to option my book, they were going to make the movie, and they didn't care what I was going to say. And uh, the privilege I was granted of getting paid to to let them have this this thing was um, <laughs> all I got. Uh, but it, it couldn't be further from the truth. Actually, it was really cool. the um, The screenwriter, her name was uh, Dana Stevens, and she was the original screenwriter on the on the movie, and she was calling me all the time about wow. little details. She, I think she just wanted to get to know me really well. Like she'd read mm-hmm. my book, she'd read my blog, um, but she was just asking things like, what kind of car did you drive? And, you know, it was like little oh, things wow. like that, which I, you know, were helping to paint a picture. And so as she was writing the movie, you know, she had this idea for a character. And I think uh, Lil Rel Howery in, is, you know, like, you know, Kevin's best friend in the movie. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And and he's like, kind of like a, like a composite of a bunch of my friends. So my <laughs> yeah. Dana, Dana called me one time and she, you know, I live in LA and uh I, I don't know where you guys live, but um in LA, like 
it's kind of typical that like men uh, don't really mature until they're like in their late forties or fifties. <laughs> and so that is most of my friends. I was an anomaly in that I was married and had a child. Most of my my friends were not. And uh, and Dana came to me one day and she said, "Okay, so I have this idea for a character who's like really funny, um, but like not good with kids, and he's not married, and he's kind of a playboy." Um, do you like have a friend like that that you could tell me about that would like help me like flesh out the character? And I was like, all of my friends are like, that. So, you know, it's like, it's like I have a, you know, and some of them are better with kids than others, but like I could take from my friend Anthony, who I went to college with, or my friend Mark, who I went on from elementary school on with, or uh-huh. my friend Ken, uh, who we call the bastard, who, who, uh, <laughs> you know, lived in LA and, you know, it's just like he would be there to hang out with me and with Maddie if we went to a bar, but like, anything else it was like <laughs> oh man no no man it's got to be. never change a diaper none of that stuff and so oh. I thought that was really cool she wanted to know a little bit about my friends and, and wanted to hear stories about them so she could put it in she wanted to hear stories of things that happened at Maddie's school um, there's a scene where uh, the young girl that played my daughter Maddie um, you know jumps off some playground equipment yeah. um, and we for legal reasons had to change that up quite a bit but it was <laughs> somewhat based on some some stories I told her about things that wow. happened at Maddie's school. Um, wow. My my daughter is what I think used like traditionally used to be called like a tomboy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, wears very traditionally like like clothes associated with boys, all this stuff. Um and so, you know, there was stuff like that that was that was woven into the film. I think that yeah. Dana did a really good job of um, you know, bringing in um and then kind of jump ahead a little bit when a movie is adapted a lot of times the director gets a, a a pass at writing the screenplay I guess which is you may know this maybe you don't I didn't know this. I didn't know Even that I'm remarried and I'm remarried to a screenwriter I'm learning a oh, lot now cool. um she told me a little bit about this as it was happening but the director was a a guy named um uh Paul why can't I think of his name right now this is so terrible uh, Paul Weiss. <laughs> <You're fine. laughs> like, why, why did I lose his name? <laughs> Paul Weiss. He's just he's the nicest guy on earth, just like Dana. They were just the most wonderful people. And and Paul, um, as the director, kind of rewrote things because at that point they had found out who was going to be starring in the movie. Like a lot of times mm-hmm. when the screenplay is written, so they might have somebody in mind, but they may not be able to to you know make time in their schedule or whatever it might be. Um, and there were a lot of people that had been slated to play me in this movie over the course of almost a decade of it being adapted and passed around different places and we can talk about that as well Mm -hmm. um but it 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 was this incredible thing where paul also came to me was asking me some questions before the movie happened but then when they started filming the movie they were filming it primarily in montreal and in boston and they flew us up there flew maddie and me up there for um a week and we got to be on set the entire time and we got to be a part of all the filming and one of the things I got that, and I, I know this is a question you guys might ask me later, but um, like as they were filming, you know, Paul would turn around to me in his director's chair and be like, did that sound, is that something you would have said? Is that how you would have said it? And there was like one very specific moment that made it into the movie where I got to weigh in and say like, no, Paul, like this is what I would have said. And and he just like called down to Kevin or like whoever was down there with Kevin and was like, okay, this is what Matt said, do it like this. And then the next take was that and that's what ended up in the movie. And so that to me is like really magical because I didn't expect nor did I necessarily want to be a part of you know, mm-hmm. like I, I don't feel yeah. like you know I wrote the book I lived the the life I don't I'm not a movie maker I don't know how to do this kind of stuff 
Yeah. And I never want to tell somebody who's a professional, like, this is how you should do it. Or like tell Kevin right. is a great actor. Like, <laughs> You're how- not acting this properly. <laughs> listen, listen, this is how I would have done it. Yeah. You are really, I, I don't know if I can swear, but you are really effing this up. You know? yeah. So I, so I, I really didn't want to be a part of that. But when I was asked, it was like, okay, well, I guess I need to be honest at this point. And I really, I found that to be such a cool thing. And so um you know being able to be on set and see them making this movie and have Maddie there with me was just such a fun experience I mean I I bet I never got I never expected they were going to do that I just thought like oh they're going to make this movie it'll come out if it's good I'll be excited about it if it's bad I'm going to have to change my name because in the movie and we're going to have to like move to another country or something but um, you know, thankful, thankfully I was like really happy with, with the entire process and, and, and how it all played out. So it's great. That's so awesome. awesome. Okay. This leads me into another question that, um, now that I know how involved you were and how much they took your opinions, how can I ask this politely? Did you have <laughs> that relationship that Kevin and, uh, his mother-in-law had with your family? Oh, yeah. Cause I didn't <laughs> no. read Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, it didn't seem like it in your book. No. no. So watching it, I was no. like, oh, what? <laughs> there are, um, you know, like I said at the beginning, uh, y- y- as somebody who's having their life, um, you know, adapted. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, right? Because like I, I live, I kind of think about this in like concentric circles and the further you get from the center, like the more distorted things are. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I lived the experience and then I wrote a blog about the experience which is pretty immediate that was coming out of my brain like I was just saying it as it was happening pretty boring to be frank with me like, <laughs> about going to dinner it was just to update my family that I was doing stuff with Maddie and not just leaving her in the house uh, yeah and um and then I wrote a book about it which was edited not only by me but by an editor like a professional like you know at a, at a publishing house um and then it was adapted for movie and then you know edited and readapted kind of by the director and then it was you know you know there's some ad-libbing uh-huh. so it, it's all to say that like this the further this gets out from reality the the more you know different it could be and so I told myself that from the beginning like I, I have to allow myself to not be upset about changes to my life I have to allow mm-hmm. myself to not be worried about how they're going to depict me um, but I was worried about my other family members. Like I'm still yeah. very close with Liz's parents. Like I see them yeah. all the time. They hang out with us. We go on trips with them. Oh, I mean, cool. we're all just like best buds still. It's like, it's great. That's I'm still, good. Like, negotiating with Liz's sister to come down and maybe spend 4th of July with us right now. Oh, you know, cool. it's just like those kinds of things that like, I like, I, I'm just thankful for that kind of relationship. And so I was really worried when I read the first version of the screenplay, when it had my mother-in-law, whose name is Candy, uh they had her kind of being tough on me and all that and um and that was nothing could be further from the truth she was so wonderful and she was so kind and to this day same thing I mean I just I love her to death um but when they make movies of course there has to be like there has to be some conflict right yeah Mm -hmm. and there's got to be drama and and how do you inject that and one of the oldest tropes in Hollywood or any sort of story is the mother-in-law right like Mm -hmm. build a a house in the back of your yard it's called a mother-in-law suite like yeah Yeah. it's like things like that that people (laughs) that people say and so it's just part of that trope and I think um you know obviously the conflict in in the movie and in the book is with myself and with just death and the loss of of my my wife Liz and trying to uh you know take care of a baby and like live a meaningful life with her but like all that's kind of 
I hate to say this, it's kind of boring. Like the, the raising <laughs> of the child is boring, right? There's a reason there's like the, the movie jumps so far ahead in time yeah. very quickly in the movie. Um, you know, the day-to-day stuff that I wrote about on my blog that I even talked about in my book is pretty boring. And so yeah. to inject some sort of um, drama into it is really important. And then also there, it gives the character some arc, right? Because yeah. at the beginning, you know, we're kind of in conflict throughout the time and throughout the movie, we're kind of like building to this thing. And then by the end, we're all friends. And everything. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. It all ties it up. But I did, you know, before the movie came out, before it was like even being filmed, I, I called my mother-in-law. <laughs> and said, like, I want you to know this is what's going to happen. You're, it's going to turn out fine in the end. But um, just so you know. Just so you know. <laughs> but there were family members, and I think, that are still like kind of upset about it. Like they were yeah. just not happy with the way yeah. it was portrayed. And, and I get it. Um, but the thing that makes me the happiest is that she was okay with it and that, That's you, know, good. That, that, you know, her husband, you know, my father-in-law was, was also okay with it and everybody, you know, we're all still friends, uh, even yeah. Yeah. after the movie came out. So everything is good, you know, like yeah, all, that's like, good. It, it no one's harboring fine. ill feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that as far was as the... I know if they are, we'll have to come out in therapy or something. We'll <laughs> That was the main thing that I think shocked us. The oh, most. absolutely. I remember yeah. when I, cause I didn't watch the movie before I read the book. So I read the book, then I watched the movie. And when it got to that conflict, I, I have a degree in film. So I kind of like told myself like, okay, this is their conflict that they're putting yeah. into it. But I was like, oh my gosh, his family was so supportive in the book. Like, how did they feel seeing this? Yeah. Well, it's funny. Cause like my, my dad is also like very supportive, um, and, and in the early draft of the movie, I think they yeah. had him as like an alcoholic. My dad has like oh. literally two drinks a year. Like he, uh, yeah. he's never like had an alcohol problem. So like they had that and then they made him really absent in mm-hmm. um, and, and the way it was explained to me. And when I talked to Paul about it, he was like, you know, I'm trying to like a lot of his edits were made to kind of mirror Kevin's uh, relationship with his his real dad. Oh, um, okay. Like a lot of that's to get um, emotion out of him so he can like okay. tap into like real stuff that happened. Because you know he's he's married, he's got four kids, and mm-hmm. you know, he can he can kind of find some of that stuff. But like I think you know you guys <laughs> you might understand like once you go through something like this, mm-hmm. it, it's a completely different thing than trying to imagine going through something like this. And so, um, you know, I think Paul was really smart because Kevin is a comedic actor, like that's mm-hmm. his his bread yeah. and butter, and to do a dramatic role, I think this is his second one um, that he had done, but to make him the lead character in a dramatic film like this you know, I think Paul was, was really smart to say like, okay, I'm going to find a way to like really make this a little bit easier for him. And I think mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super amazed that he was as good as he was in, in a dramatic role. I, I was oh, honestly gosh. surprised. I, he did great. Oh, oh the could, scene where he's crying in the hospital. I just like yeah, start sobbing. I, I was like, oh, yeah. I uh-huh. relate so much. <laughs> so yeah. it was, he did awesome. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, no. I, yeah. That chapter in the book got me. That's when I was like, Oh, because I didn't realize that Liz didn't. Oh my God, I'm gonna cry again, aren't I? <laughs> I didn't realize okay, that. We all will. <laughs> yes, I didn't realize that she didn't get to meet Maddie, and yeah. so and she didn't tell me anything. So so yeah. I'm reading this like, oh, I still got a while before she's gone, and then it hit, and I just I was a mess. I feel the tears trying yeah. to come. So then, when Kevin portrayed that, I was like. This is exactly how I was feeling when I read the book. Yeah. I will say that that was the scene. I, so I, you know, because I was a part of a lot of this, you know, I got to see like different cuts of the movie. Like Paul would have me come to the Sony studio and I would 
sit in this room and he'd be like you know do you want to watch it with somebody like I think maybe you should watch it alone <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's best but I was like okay I'll, I'll watch it alone and I watched an early cut this is like pre-pandemic actually it was like maybe right before the pandemic I um I saw a cut of it and and it was the first time because I'd seen you know when they were filming in Montreal when I was there I got to see different scenes being filmed yeah but I hadn't seen a full cut of the movie and I hadn't seen certain parts and I saw that and I, I like, I lost it because it felt, you know, it's, <laughs> I don't think anyone could ever prepare you or maybe even fully explain what it's like to see yourself on, you know, reflected oh, on the screen like yeah, that. Yeah. It, you know, whatever was happening, just, it felt exactly like it felt for me. I mean, just, oh. it was just insane to me. And I, I couldn't believe it because, you know, up until then I was thinking, oh, it's gonna be easy. It's like I I can't see myself in that character very well because yeah. I I see Kevin as just a funny guy, you know, like. Yeah. And that was my thing. It was like there's enough separation in his character and me that I'm not gonna feel anything. And this will be really easy to watch. And I was like, well, no, that's not the case. <laughs> oh my was, gosh! Absolutely horrible to watch. And um and but also just wonderful. I loved it. I mean, I just mm-hmm. I I couldn't believe that he pulled that emotion out. I'm glad that you guys felt that too because I just think it's it's so that it's so important because I that the speed at which everything happened which you experienced reading it and yeah. the speed at which everything happened as you watch the movie or you listen to the audiobook or whatever is exactly how it felt to me it's like you go from this moment of having literally the happiest moment of your life we've been mm-hmm. so excited about this baby we've been yeah. so worried about her health and you know she was born seven weeks early and all this stuff and it's just the relief of of getting past that part was just so immense and it was so perfect and life was like you know, for that 27 hour period, whatever, it was like, life was perfect. And like, nothing yeah. could be better than that moment. And then to have it go so drastically the other way and to have Liz die like that was, um, it was so shocking. And just to this day, like, I just can't, I still can't wrap my head around it. Like I, mm-hmm. I happen to not be a religious person, but I think, you know, religion is such a, a meaningful thing to people who go through stuff like this because it helps them make sense of this right because mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to have somebody there at one second and the, the next second not breathing and not speaking to you and not doing anything yeah. and not going to be there for the rest of your life for a, a future you'd plan together like you, your brain can't make sense of that mm-hmm. we're not as humans we're just not good with that so i i wish uh throughout my time that i found god or been <laughs> or something so i had some help to get through it because for me it was just like oh this is horrible and i don't mm-hmm. know how yeah. to get this without her you know so mm-hmm. um so I'm glad that all came through because it is such an important part of just I think why people were interested in my my life and my story in the first place it's just this doesn't this is not supposed to happen right like right yeah to happen to people like us we're too young you know like whatever it might be like she did everything right she was healthy she was mm-hmm. all this stuff and uh and for her to die so suddenly it was just, just horrible you know yeah like my husband, we were coming home. He was riding motorcycles. He got it for his 30th birthday. He had had it one month and we were driving home. We had gone to the zoo for our one-year-old's birthday and he's driving home and he's like, I'm going to go get, cause I was like, we're going to get McDonald's on the way home. He's like, ah, oh, I'm not getting that. I'm going to go get Jack in the Box. I was like, fine, whatever. So he goes to get Jack in the Box. I'm like, where is he? His birthday party starts in an hour and I'm calling and calling. And then my friend sends me a, uh, article it was like did Cameron go riding today and it was a motorcycle accident and I was like yes he did and then I get the phone call and he held on for five days but he was in the ICU and like you know knocked out and so it it was like 
I lost him the day of the accident and it was the same thing it was like he was fine and then he was gone and so reading your book I was like oh my gosh I felt that I felt that it was like I was justified for all of my feelings and um seeing the movie first you know I went in expecting a really quick first year type of thing and knowing Mm -hmm. that the book was all the first year I was like I feel because it had been about a year and a half two years Oh, it was his two-year mark. I was reading your book. Yeah, I, we did really great timing on this because his two-year so mark. I was like, I think it was when yeah she passed away, right? I think oh, that was yeah. when I read it. It was like, I was like, oh, that was great timing. <laughs> I'm sitting there sobbing, and I was, but um, but it was just because I, as of right now, he's been gone not quite three years yet, so I still relate to the first year. So this mm-hmm. book is like. She like, she immediately texted me and was like, Brie, because she didn't, oh my gosh, I'm really getting emotional over this. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, it's okay, please. I'm crying too. Because <laughs> uh, she doesn't have anyone who's experienced this too. And so a lot of her feelings, she wasn't sure if it was okay to be feeling or if it was like, if anyone else felt like that. So then she texted me and was like, Brie, he's felt all of this this makes me feel like I'm not alone and like I'm okay. My biggest one was uh, that I, right after it happened, I would never kill myself, right? I have two kids, like, but if something were to happen, I wouldn't have fought for myself. And to read that, I was just like, oh my gosh, because that was my biggest worry is like, is something wrong? I have two kids at home. Why do I feel like this? And yeah. um, so just knowing that I wasn't alone, I was like, this is, I'm going to buy this book and I'm just going to have it forever <laughs> because <laughs> read it every time I feel like something's wrong with me. And um, so I just want to personally thank you for that. And when you said you would do our interview with us, I was like, oh, I am more stressed out than if Stephen King wanted to interview with us, if Nicholas Sparks wanted to interview with us, like you're like, I'm just so happy that you said yes. <laughs> so no, thank I, you. I, I appreciate it. I, I I'm um this, I mean this is incredibly touching. I mean, I just I feel so horrible um for you and and I know how, how hard that is. Um I'm glad that there was it was something there because you know, I mean, I think one of the things I never expected with this, because this is um I think writing a lot of times is a very selfish pursuit. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to say it. This was for me. This was for Maddie. This was Mm -hmm. for my friends. Um, I think about it that way because like, you know, when I was writing it, I know I could have done things differently to um, pander to a particular audience. Um, I used to joke with my my publisher. I'm like, man, I just need to find religion here and we're going to sell so many copies. <laughs> um, but but one of the things that I think was um, in the back of my head throughout the writing process was, um, you know, I wanted to be true to myself mm-hmm. and I wanted to be true to the people who really knew me because um, I didn't much care if some random person said they hated my book, um, but it would have killed me if one of my friends would have been like, "Yeah, this doesn't sound like you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, not that whether or not they liked it, it, it wouldn't matter to me, but I didn't want them to accuse me of being somebody I wasn't. Right. And so that's why you get all the swearing in the book, because that's who I am. <laughs> that's who I am. Those are real emotions. Those are felt. Um, my, my pub- Thankfully, my publisher was cool with it. My editor, multiple times throughout the writing process, was like, I think we need... Can I swear on your podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. She swears okay. all, all the time. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. So she was like, I think we need like another fuck here. And maybe like, <laughs> shit. and this is like, this is like real conversations I'm having with an editor in New York as I'm sitting in LA or like when I was in India or whatever. And it was like, <laughs> just the coolest thing to be able to have somebody who understood that this wasn't meant to be gratuitous. I wasn't mm-hmm. just throwing swear words in there where I didn't think they belonged. And, um, I, you know, I, over the years, I've had a lot of people, uh, I, I've, most of them, believe it or not, have been handwritten letters uh, wow. by people um, who I assume are kind of older. And they found my address <laughs> and they'll send me a letter and they'll say, you know, I was so excited to read your book, but then I saw all the swearing and I threw it right in the trash. <laughs> oh, uh, shoot. No. And I was like, I was like, how do I, how do I respond to this? You know, because yeah first of all you already paid for the book so whatever um (laughs) (laughs) thank you for that (laughs) on that level it doesn't matter um but but really it was it was kind of one of those things where it's like I wanted to explain it a little bit and and the explanation was always like you know what did you expect did you want some sanitized version Mm -hmm. of my feelings because I don't think that's that's not accurate it's not fair to Maddie when she someday reads this it's not Mm -hmm. fair to my friends and family and, and there's so much more gravity to say some something like I did at the funeral where it's like, this fucking sucks. Like, I can't mm-hmm. express what I'm going through more than by saying it that way. Would it have been better to this audience, perceived audience, to say something to the effect of like, oh, today was a bad day. <laughs> no, no, there's this... no emotion in that. Like, uh-uh. I, no. I'm really, I'm really sad today. Like, I that says something, but it doesn't say anything. You know, no, I mean? this... it doesn't give you any feeling. This sucks is exactly what I said. So when I read, well, I watched it first. So when it the movie kicked off with that, that's what got me. I started bawling. I was like, this is my movie. This is perfect. And then I read it. I was like, this is my book. So no, it's like, no one understands. They're like, it sucks. That's that's it. And it's like, that's the only words that you can use to describe it. Well, what's really funny about that is I got to tell you this. Um, so they filmed a bunch of different, you know, as they do, there's multiple takes of things. Mm-hmm. And so in, in the book and in my real life, I had said, like, I was literally in a chapel right down the street from where I'm staying now. And I said, first thing they said were, this fucking sucks, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And this is to a bunch of, like, you know, family members and friends. And some of them are pretty religious. And I'm in, like, kind of a holy place. <laughs> I I but I was, like, it's literally the only thing I could get out of my mouth. And yeah. so when they were filming that scene, I wasn't there for it. Um, but I got a call, um, after the movie had wrapped and like, you know, it was done, it was ready to be released, but like just before it was about to be released, I get a call. Um, and they were like, you know, I just want you to know, there's gonna be some news coming out like in the next couple of days, but like Barack and Michelle Obama's production company, higher ground has signed on to be like our producing partner on this, which is like, just blowing my mind. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's crazy. What the hell? <laughs> And so I'm like, this is unbelievable. This is going to add so much more weight to this. And it's just going to make people, they're going to see it more in, in more of a legitimate, legitimate sense, I think. And, and people will just take it more seriously. Um, and I was like, this is amazing. I was so excited. And then I got a call from Paul, the director. And he's like, I just wanted to let you know. Um, he's like, I don't know where it came from, but somebody at Netflix, and we suspect maybe it might have been um, from higher ground. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to be saying this. 
Um, but the, the the original beginning of the movie was he actually said this fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. And somebody's notes at the oh. very end stages were we want to take that out because we think there's more gravity in not using the F word because it's Kevin Hart, because he's so he's kind of profane, right? As a, that's as true. Yeah. That makes and, sense. But and I thought that's a really smart note. Like yeah. that's a yeah. super smart. And I think maybe I would have been offended if it hadn't come across that way. Like if it'd been yeah, like, right. we don't want to yeah. hear any swearing in yeah. the beginning. Like we think this is terrible. But I think that that made a lot of sense to me. And so yeah. that's the beginning of that movie got altered a little bit. And I think it was for the better, just in that particular case, even though I, as a, as a human, um, really think that that swearing in those words really do carry some some emotional weight that just saying it sucks doesn't carry. But mm-hmm. I think it worked out great in this case. So. Oh, I think so. Yeah. When you were reading it, that's what got she doesn't cuss as much as I do. And so I, I was not expecting it. So the first time you said fuck in the book, I was like, my people. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I think that was some early bonding with me and a lot of my readers was, uh, yeah. was that. And then, yeah, just a small minority of people who would write me and be like, you know, what do you, what, why do you think you need to do this? And, you know, the question to me was always like, well, what did you expect me to handle? Like, how did you expect me to handle the situation? I, I feel like swearing was like the least worst thing I could do, you know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. because I didn't like go on a bender and like leave my daughter yep. behind. Yeah. I didn't abuse mm-hmm. her. I didn't do anything terrible in the world. I, I tried to live my life as best I could and um, and as accurately and as authentically as I could for the people around me um, because I didn't I didn't know who I was going to encounter. Like I didn't know who's yeah. going to read this book. Um, I kind of suspected my mom would just buy all the copies I got printed. <laughs> You know, in case it was a total bomb, and yeah. then my mom would be like, "Just so you know, I, I made sure you it didn't... sold some. <laughs> you, sold, you sold ten copies today. It's great." Um, so you know that that was sort of my, my my expectations were low, and that was like you know one of them. And so uh, you know, so I, I really did find it important to say like this is who I'm writing for, and try to stick to that throughout the process. And um, and I think the movie did a pretty good job of that too. So yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. That was the first question, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> first one. But we answered a bunch in that one. Were there changes that you weren't okay with? And then were there changes that you were okay with? We kind of answered that second part, but yeah. yeah, a little bit. I think, you know, the biggest one we kind of already talked about, which is just the portrayal of my mother-in-law. I think mm-hmm. um that was really that was really hard. I I think if there was any issue I was gonna have with the movie, it was just like how she was gonna be portrayed. Everything else, like I I think they did a really good job of making me like a real character. Like they didn't make mm-hmm. me a hero, which I was really hoping they wouldn't. And that, that kind of goes back to the thing I was telling you guys about, like that line that I got to help Kevin with while they were filming mm-hmm. was specifically around that. And I, I can't remember the exact context, but you know, one of the things I always used to talk about uh, whether it was in the book or just in life in general, was that like, I'm not doing anything abnormal or special here. Like I'm, raising my child like Mm -hmm. there's nothing I'm not special for it you know like I'm just a guy (laughs) doing what a guy should do Mm -hmm. whether or not their partner dies right like every person who is part of a partnership that brings a child in the world the expectation is that it should be equal everybody Mm -hmm. should be doing their part and my wife wasn't there anymore but it didn't mean I was just going to be like you know, I'm out of here. I'm, right. I'm, She's not, not here. I'm not here either. <laughs> yeah. And and that was that wasn't it. And and I thought like, you know, what I'm not what I'm doing is not remarkable in any way. That's what I've said all along. Like, I still can't believe I have a book deal. I can't believe I'm talking to you. I can't believe they made a movie. I can't believe anybody gives a, a shit about any of this because <laughs> yeah. I've I've not done anything remarkable. People I know who've been in in similar situations 
in worse situations, right? Like <laughs> you have two kids, right? I only <laughs> have one. Like, like just multiplying the the pain and the sadness times two. Um, and also having children that were fully, at least a, a four-year-old that maybe mm -hmm. had been more aware of who her dad was and, and mm -hmm. you know, that he's not there. Maddie had no awareness to that. Yeah. Like her, her pain is, um, you know, I don't want to diminish it in any way as she feels it, as she gets older, but hers is different than a kid who, like mm -hmm. my friend's children, who, whose mom died when they were like nine and like seven, <gasps> they experience it so much different. And those stories to me are more remarkable. Your story is more remarkable. The woman whose husband died the same day as, as Liz did from yeah. the exact same thing. Um, her name is Jackie. She's still a friend of mine, lives up in, in Canada. Um, her story was more remarkable. Like, why did anybody care about me? And, you know, I think as, as white people, we have to like question that all the time. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is this is total white privilege I, it's mm -hmm. funny i was just talking to a friend of mine um right before our, our our meeting here and um and she's she's somebody i met you know like 15 years ago or so right after maddie was born i met her in a record store um and she's like she's just the most amazing person on earth but our first meeting was she came up to me and she said who the fuck do you think you are like, no. <laughs> i'm a single mom i've got two kids um, you know, my dream is to be on Oprah. How did you end up on Oprah? And, you know, and she's like, you know, this like, like Latina lady from East LA. She's, she's we couldn't be any more different mm -hmm. in our life experiences. And I was straight up with her this 15 years ago. I said to her, it's because I'm a white guy. Like people, mm -hmm. they didn't expect this to happen to the the young blonde yeah. white woman, right? She yeah. was like this pretty woman. She'd done everything you know, right. And everything was totally perfect in their life. And like, oh, the whole thing exploded. Um, back then I was a little younger, so I didn't quite look like this. <laughs> yeah. I didn't look like the kind of person that deserved it. And and I think like acknowledging that is such an important part of this because there are so many people with better, and I, I don't mean, it's, it's, it, it sounds callous to say this, but like more tragic stories, more stories more suited for the screen, more suited <laughs> for the pages of a book than mine. As I've said before, my life is relatively boring, but I had all these people giving me these opportunities and I felt like I had to take them. And, you know, I, I started a nonprofit foundation mm -hmm. because of that, because it was such an important part of like giving back and not just taking this privilege and using it only for myself. And so it's a really, it's a hard dance to like to do because I never ever wanted to be accused of like, you know, profiting after, on my wife's death. Yeah. Um, and I think I maybe mentioned it in the book a few times, but like, but I also could hear her in the back of my, my mind saying like, you lost half your income when I died, like, and actually more than half is like 70%. Because she always made more money to me. Um, and, and like, what, how are you going to provide for this kid? How are you going to make sure this child has the lifestyle that we were going to have with her? And so I had to jump, jump at some of these opportunities, even though I said no early on to, to people asking me to write a book, it, it didn't seem mm -hmm. right. It didn't seem okay. Um, but, but, but truly, you know, it's, it has been the privilege I'm afforded by being like a white man in this world. And, um, I, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it in so many ways. I think it's really <laughs> shitty. And I think, I, I hope, uh, I, I mean, part of the thing that I love so much about Kevin playing me was that like, I, I think it was cool that Sony and everybody involved, all the producing partners had the, the ability to look at this and go, 
well, this is a universal story. This isn't a yeah. story about a white guy yeah. and his blonde wife. Like this is a story that can be told. If you've ever loved somebody, um, you know, you can feel this. You can feel this kind of pain. And I think it it yeah. takes it from my, you know, sort of perspective and just says this is a, a universal thing that that everybody can relate to. And I, I loved that so much. And I think it helped me feel a little bit better about that too. Cause mm-hmm. I, I don't think Hollywood I don't I can't think of too many times Hollywood has ever taken a story by a, a white author or a white writer and and flipped it but how many times mm-hmm. has uh Hollywood whitewashed um uh, so many movies throughout history yep. right mm-hmm. and so it's it's a I find it to be a huge honor to have it go the other way you know and I've had people yeah. come to me and say like oh that must have been so weird like why you know <laughs> why did they do that and it's like why not like what, what yeah like, do you realize it's story, kevin hart <laughs> yeah right it's like sony wanted the biggest star they could get they got i mean and mm-hmm. he was it you know yeah mm-hmm. and, and i would say that like you know it, it's so important to consider that it's it's and again there's nothing inherently white about my story other than it came from a, a writer who happens to be white like yeah this isn't a story about about being white you know and, yeah. no. and but i think that like it goes the opposite way for you know asian characters or black characters like mm-hmm. you can't it's not acceptable to, to change the race of the the protagonists or whoever it is in these movies if it goes the other way it just it can't be done and so i just i, I feel really proud that the, that this actually happened in my case and i just i love it uh i realize i want to ask has maddie read it yet she's read through like a few chapters um, yeah but but she hasn't read the whole thing and and she at one point had been like begging me to do it um uh-huh. <laughs> You know, we it, it was fun. We used to go like go to Target or whatever to buy stuff. And for a while, my when it came out in paperback, my book was on the end cap at Target for like oh, oh, well, six yeah. months or whatever. So it wasn't even like we were going to a bookstore to seek it out, but we'd walk past the end cap and the books in the book section of Target or whatever, mm-hmm. and it would be there. Maddie's like, "Can we buy my? Can we buy this book? Can we buy this?" Book? And I'm like, <laughs> Like I have like fifty copies at home. Like, <laughs> yeah, like we don't have to buy this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I, we could save this thirteen dollars and buy something else cool, you know. And um, but then it was like I had to think about. It. I'm like, when in the world is my kid gonna be able to walk into a bookstore mm-hmm. and buy or Target especially and buy my book? Yeah, um, right. we got to do it one other time when my book came out in Slovakia, and we were cool. we happened to be on a trip. And we diverted ourselves to Slovakia to go meet the publisher of my book because I thought oh it'd be gosh. fun. Oh my gosh! And um, and we walked into a bookstore and they had two copies of my book in oh, uh, cool. in Slovak, and so we bought it. And I was just like, "This is so weird." You know, <laughs> it's so cool. Be able to do that, and and that was like such a privilege. But uh, no, she's not read it yet. Um, mm-hmm. She has watched the movie, and I I got to um, before it actually hit Netflix, like a couple of days before, I got to watch it. I like the folks at Netflix called me up. Actually, I did an interview, and somebody was like. The, the person interviewing me was like, oh, I loved the movie. And I was like, you know, and there's a representative from Netflix on the call too, so I don't say anything stupid. Right. Yeah. And uh, and the guy's, he says, oh man, the movie was so great. I loved it. And I was like, wait, you saw it? <laughs> and I like, as I said that, I get a text and the woman from Netflix is like, wait, you haven't seen the movie yet? And I was like, no, nobody, <laughs> I've seen like a cut, but that was two years ago. What do you mean? I, the journalists have seen it and I haven't seen it yet. So they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, we're going <laughs> to send you like a thing. So they sent me a code so I could like, you know, watch the movie. <laughs> um, and so the cool thing was Maddie and I got to watch it a couple of days in advance. And then, oh. um, you know, my in-laws again, who are so wonderful, really wanted to have a party and watch the movie. Oh, and I was like, cute. 
I was like, why don't you guys watch it first? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, and I then don't maybe, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, maybe don't don't make it the central theme. Right. Like, don't don't have it on and make everybody sit there and watch it. Like, just have some chips around and like have it on in the background or whatever. Yeah. And chit chat um, with each other. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't watch it together. And um, and so they watched it. and They're like, thank you for the warning. Um. We'll still plan to have everybody over on Saturday or whatever it was, but maybe we won't watch it together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, I think that's for the best. Everyone's gonna be oh crying. Gosh. Just make it a happy affair. We can yeah. celebrate this thing happening, but not, yeah. you know, we don't have to watch the sad parts together. Yes. So, um. But yeah, it worked out pretty well. So Maddie will read the book someday, I, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But but we'll see. Yeah. You know, we just keep answering all our questions. We're doing I'm so, so good. Sorry. I know. No, it's totally fine. That's perfect. Yeah, that's yeah. what we were hoping would happen. So it's perfect. It's more natural, right? Like the yeah, way absolutely. Kind of flowing in these conversations. So mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. I figured I was like, we're gonna have so many questions like pop up while we're mm-hmm. talking too. Like, yeah, were there changes that had to be done on set while shooting just because it didn't work on film? Because I know sometimes like you think that a scene's gonna be great, but then you shoot it and you're like, ooh. We need to change like something's not working on the screen other than yeah, the I, drama yeah apart yeah. from the drama <laughs> i think the, the drama and just that, that there was that scene with kevin I, that i mentioned yeah. um just where he you know he could feel it like I, he just didn't feel like it sounded authentic and i think for him you know that was that was coming through it was coming through for everybody and i think that's mm-hmm. where it was really neat that that uh, the director was able to, to kind of reach out to me and ask that question. Um, in other instances, I, I I don't know of any. They were filming for quite a while that I wasn't there. I mean, like a week oh, yeah. was um, was great. I wish I could have <laughs> been there longer, but it was like you know Maddie's only like summer break time. Uh, uh, yep. away. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really I'm sure there were probably plenty. Um, you know, but they i mean i think they did a really good job of of kind of working through that i mean we were we were present for some like late night shoots where you know like they needed they needed certain things to happen uh they needed different lighting and things like that and they had to like <laughs> yeah. adjust their shoot but it was just like you know that kind of technical stuff happens i think quite a bit and it's yeah. just um i do know that like somebody from I think from Sony had like an early or not while I was there they and it was right as i was leaving um you know they had done paula done a really like a lot of work to try to get both maddie and me into the movie um i against my wishes kind of was able to film a scene they they ended up getting cut Um, i was like i didn't see you (laughs) yeah um, there was a scene in a bar and they did they kept some of the bar scenes in there where Mm -hmm. kevin kind of he like storms out because rel's trying to get him to have a good time and all this stuff but he can't you can't do it um, but in that scene, I was a bartender and, um, oh. <laughs> and it was really, it was really cool. Like, uh, it wasn't that cool. Cause they gave me like a really tight black t-shirt and I had to like, <laughs> had to be a bartender. And then I, um, and I'm not a man built for a tight uh, shirt. <laughs> and so, um, they, they also, um, they were, you know, they were doing their filming the scenes and stuff. And I leaned up against, um, the, the, like the sink behind the bar and turned on some water in the m- middle of a scene. Um, and it sounded like Niagara Falls or something. Oh, like no. That. <laughs> oh, no. But apparently nobody else could hear it. Oh. oh. And so I, they're filming the scene, and I'm like, hey, guys, um, I'm really sorry. And, and, and I can see people are like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> and then I realized, oh, my God, nobody can hear that I just turned this water on. And so, like, Paul yells cut, and he comes over. He's like, is everything okay? I'm like, 
oh man, I'm so sorry. Like I just I bumped this water thing and it was pouring water out and everyone starts laughing. I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> like, don't use <laughs> so, me. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, no, I told you I don't want to be a part of this. Um, but I, you know, my only goal was to get like Matt. I really wanted Maddie in the movie, and I think uh-huh. it would have been really fun. And so what ended up happening was like we had we were scheduled to leave, and somebody from Sony called uh Paul and they were like, We want you. Um, to find an amusement park somewhere in Montreal. We need you to rent it out. We want you to shoot. And they ended up putting some of this in the movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. We need you to shoot some stuff to kind of like bring it down, like lighten it up a little bit because it's really dark and depressing sometimes. <laughs> so we want to like have like a cut scene where they're like having fun in an amusement park. And they're like, cool. And so Paul's like, can you guys stay? Like, it'd be awesome if we can if we can find this thing. And we didn't know if they were going to be able to find an amusement park they could shut down like in the next day or two. Yeah, yeah. The film, because that's, you know, it's a lot of logistics there. <laughs> and I was like, man, we got to get back. Like Maddie's starting school. Like we, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's I really a lot. <laughs> yeah. And so, but we would have been extras in that for sure had we not, you Aww. know, because like I think <laughs> one of the producing partner's kids was in the, in one of those scenes and like it was super exciting. <laughs> And I wish we could have done that, but um, but yeah, it just didn't work out, unfortunately. Yeah. And I'm on the cutting room floor somewhere. Maybe it's on a DVD extra or something. I don't know. Because they did put it on DVD, which I didn't even know they were doing. I just oh, walked wow, into Target cool. one day, and it was at Target. <laughs> did you buy so that mom, too? <laughs> I did buy it. I was like, I gotta have a couple of these. Yeah, this, is, this is weird. Okay. So I gotta run to Target. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> I hope it's still there. This was like a year yeah. ago, but. <laughs> So, okay, so the five years later part in the movie. So you had said that you put info or uh, input in on that. Was yeah. that all pretty accurate for the most part of how it was with Maddie growing up? Like, so you said the tomboy part and everything like that. Did she, um, did she, well, I guess the in-law part wasn't accurate. Was any of that accurate? Like, <laughs> Yeah, a lot of it was. Um, okay. You know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't fully accurate like uh-huh. so I, I mentioned to you guys before we started recording that I'm, I'm remarried uh mm-hmm. screenwriter actually she's um you might want to talk to her sometime I don't know if you, I don't know how much you know about her but she um she's been a writer on Bob's Burgers uh-huh. forever uh she has her own show called the Great North with her sister uh oh, that they show around and they've been cool. writing on she's actually out at, uh, on the picket lines right now uh, I was oh, nice. that was great. awesome <laughs> um and she just did a movie she did that she adapted a book um into a movie oh uh, which came we want to talk to her yes <laughs> you should you should uh she your sister you can't see it but there's like behind the ladder are some popcorn the... boxes oh okay we saw it. uh but they did a it's a movie that ended up on amazon called the people we hate at the wedding uh it was adapted oh. um from a book with the same title they didn't have to change the title okay um and anyway, so uh were you yeah, jealous so... they didn't have to change the title? <laughs> Actually, yeah, I was kind of cool. I was like cool with the title too, because that was the other thing. It was like the change of title in the book and the movie also meant that like I think again, you have to have a really healthy um distance from yeah. this process, right? You mm-hmm. have to you have to know that you can't control all of it and that you have to be okay with what comes out. Uh, and if you're not, that's your own fault for agreeing to sell it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so I thought like there was that added insurance policy that like, if this was really horrible, that it had a totally different name than the book. And this is before I knew they were going to change the title of my book. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there, there wasn't necessarily going to be an association. Yeah. Um, and there is, and it was fine and everything's great. But, you know, I, I do think it's like, so it was kind of a cool thing that they changed it actually. And I really mm-hmm. liked that they did. Um you know, it's very simple and it's, um, and it, I, I think it's like, 
I know, it's just it's kind of fun that they did it. Uh, mm-hmm. I was surprised, but I'm glad that they did it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. I was still. No, no, no. It's fine. <laughs> it's perfect. No, it's great. But yeah, so she, yeah, so, and this was all to say that, like, so you know, in the movie, it shows me meeting somebody at a birthday party. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not how it happened. Our story of meeting is actually okay. more unbelievable, and I think that, like, and Dana knew this. I mean, she'd like yeah. come to other things like I, I mentioned that I wrote another book I wrote a kid's book too oh, and oh, cool. when we had a release party for my kid's book um we went to like my my wife now uh her friend ran a brewery in downtown LA so of course we're gonna have a kid's book like picture book <laughs> party in a brewery <laughs> so Dana came with her son who's now in college and um and is uh he's gonna do some amazing watch for this guy at some point yeah. John Apted uh, his dad was a famous director and, and all oh, this wow. stuff. Cool. Um, he just went to NYU and film school. Oh, and, all wow. stuff, and he's going to do some incredible stuff. But Dana's son, who was like 15 at the time, came to my book release party with Dana and uh, yeah, with his mom and and got to meet everybody and, and you know, kind of see all this stuff. But anyway, that's just like an aside to say that like, uh, shit, where was I going with this? I don't <laughs> how you met yes (laughs) meeting lizzie so so my current wife's name is lizzie by the way um (laughs) which is really fun uh describe to people um so you know dana dana got to know her and got to meet her and the way i met lizzie actually was on an airplane um we were flying just happened to be flying uh if you've ever flown southwest you know that like you kind of get to choose your seats (laughs) based on your boarding order um and i had paid i was traveling with maddie and at that time well actually my in-laws paid for the ticket but (laughs) i had upgraded us to get on first because i was like i don't i don't have i don't want to have the situation happen where like Maddie was like, you know, whatever she was, five or six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that ticket also comes with a glass of wine. Um, oh. <laughs> and so, so, uh, so anyway, I'm sitting uh, as I always did with Maddie in the middle seat because mm-hmm. Maddie had to have the window seat. Yeah, <laughs> yep. And as the plane's filling up, you know, there's all these people um, getting on and everything, and this you know beautiful young woman, like she's like, is anybody sitting here? And I'm like, no, you can sit down. So she sits down. And it was clearly there was not too many other seats, but also the way she describes it later it was like, well, he's with a kid, so he's probably uh-huh. married and he's not going to bother me. Yep. Yeah, it's not going to. Yes. And uh, so <laughs> anyway, so like Maddie started talking to her. That's what ended up happening. I had oh. no I was actually, uh, I was in a relationship at the time. It wasn't going well and I was on the, it was at the end, but um, mm-hmm. I had no interest in her. I really like. It was just like, oh, she's sitting you're there. Like, yes, fine. you're safe here. It's okay. <laughs> yes, you're safe. It's like, she's very pretty, but whatever. Like, I, I don't, you know, I'm still trying to get out of this other thing. And it was bad. Uh-huh. But Maddie was talking to her because she was watching a cartoon. And then it came up that my, you know, this woman sitting there was also, she worked on a cartoon show. And <laughs> I didn't know anything about it. I'd never seen it. Terrible. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, but it was like this whole conversation that happened on an airplane. And then we both got off the plane and it was like, you know, I didn't get her name. I didn't get her phone oh, number. Wow. I had no wow. idea who she was. Um, and I just happened to say something to a friend of mine. I was like, yeah, I, you know, on the flight to wherever Oakland or where we were flying to, it was Oakland from Burbank. I, um, I said like, oh yeah, I was talking to this lady. Don't you have a friend that works on this show? And he's like, yeah, my friend Holly works on the show. And I was like, oh, tell her I met uh, this woman named Lizzie on the, on the plane. And that was it. And I'm like, wow. you know, nine months later or something like that, or six months. Yeah. It was about nine months later. We, my other relationship ended everything was uh, a mess 
and uh <laughs> and i ended up catching with lindsay again we connected via like you know instagram and then we started dating and that was that was oh it. my gosh wow. yeah it was <laughs> um it was really fascinating but yeah so i that's all to say again that like we met on an airplane right. and mm-hmm. i think that was like too much of a meet cute you know for like yeah, yeah. so they're like oh we're gonna make this a setup at a birthday party and it'll be a lot easier you know yeah. and um so that was one big change I think that wasn't like totally accurate um you know I think they did a pretty good job of like depicting me as like a bumbling dad especially at the beginning <laughs> yeah um yeah. and I think like a lot of times dads get depicted that way in movies and whether or not it's good or bad I don't know yeah. I do think that all parents are like that, like yep, absolutely. women too. It's like, yeah. and I think that's why I was cool with that being left in because, you know, with your first kid, especially everybody is confused. Like mm-hmm. everybody has a mm-hmm. hard time. And I know that like people talk about like women having sort of an innate sense and all that stuff. And I, I believe to a certain <laughs> extent that exists, but not for everything. No. Um, it's not, it's not a hundred percent across the board for all children and all parents. And so um, I, I really like the idea that they kind of kept in some of that, that struggle and that screwing stuff up. And and they, that gave Kevin a lot of like um, a lot of legs to kind of be comedic mm. and be funny. And I think that. Yeah. Was really oh yeah. Fun. One of my favorite scenes is when he goes, I'm not going to remember it well, but he goes to the like, I think, is it the, it's the mom group and he tries oh, yeah. to go and the be in the mom group and they're like, no, you can't. And he's like, yeah, he gets all angry. He's I like, love I that. gave her college. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it was so cute. So he says, uh, oh my gosh. Well, it's, it's very funny because that's based on some reality too. Really? Um, yeah. I, I didn't go to like a physical mom group, but like, mm-hmm, yeah. you know, because everything was so like online back then, especially yeah. like. I'd been writing this blog and then some people in the LA area had reached out to me and, um, and there was a very, I can't remember what it was called, but there was a mom's group that was online. That was, um, you know, obviously they were talking about like mom issues. It was breastfeeding Mm -hmm. and all sorts of stuff that, Mm -hmm. um, I I think some women maybe were a little uncomfortable Mm -hmm. with having a man involved, which I I get. That's totally fine. And I didn't know this was happening. It was all behind the scenes. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't like I was begging to get in. Uh, in. (laughs) Yeah. But there were a couple of moms who were trying to get me to become a part of this group because they were like, you know, yes, this is a, a group for moms, but he doesn't have a woman in his life and mm-hmm. he's kind of playing both roles. And they thought like, you know, the the importance of getting me helpful information about the community and about, you know, doctors or whatever I needed around here mm-hmm. would outweigh the sort of concerns that some of the women might have about, you know, stuff yeah. that they might be talking about. They'd be uncomfortable talking about in front of a man. Uh, but ultimately I got, I didn't get voted in. Um, and so <laughs> another woman and some of the other women from the group kind of created their own little thing. And it was a very short lived thing, but like we got together in some parks around here and went uh-huh. for coffee and mm-hmm. things like that. And it was really, it was really wonderful. And so I did have those experiences where like I had people I could talk to. Um, but again, all of this was, I mean, and they were in person for a little bit, but most of those interactions were kind of online, you know? So, so it was kind of interesting, but I, I did like that they, they left that in there because I did have some of those experiences that were kind of, kind of fun. Uh-huh. What was your favorite part about all of this? Like about your whole experience with the book, the movie getting adapted, all of it? You know, there's some, it's weird. There's like some validation to it. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like it means that like what happened to Liz and what happened to our family will kind of live on, you know, mm-hmm. in a way. And it, it's silly because it's going to live on no matter what. Like Maddie will tell a story. If she has kids someday, she'll tell them about it. And, mm-hmm. and what does it matter, right? Like what does a book matter? What does a movie matter? In real life, it means nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm 
I'm the, the same guy that I always have been like mm -hmm. nothing changed in my life I, people used to call me all the time and say like what's it like to have a movie about your life it's like I, I don't know I'm still taking out my own trash <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, right. like I'm still changing the still diapers my kids. <laughs> yeah I'm still yeah. doing all this stuff like this hasn't like this hasn't made me rich beyond my wildest dreams and I can't relate right. to humans anymore and I live on a yacht <laughs> right you know, like, maybe that would make things different for me but like you know I, I think what I love about it is it just like it's kind of weird but like I was never a writer before this you know mm -hmm. I mean I had no idea what I was doing I just I just wrote and yeah. then you know here we are I mean I, I finished my book in 2010 came out 2011 and you know it was 10 years later they made a movie a movie was mm -hmm. out about my book mm -hmm. and I didn't expect any of it I didn't want any of it but one of the things I learned after my wife died was that I had to start saying yes to more things. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Don't <look at> me. <laughs> I'm I know not telling you what to do. That. I'm not telling you what to do. But no, I will that's tell my you issue what I, too. Don't worry. <laughs> what I did. And what I learned was that um, I think especially in the situation you find yourself in where like, you know, your husband dies riding a motorcycle. My wife died uh, after giving birth. And your instinct, I think, as a human being is to protect what's left, right? Mm -hmm. um, my instinct was to never leave the house with my child and to never go anywhere and to never let her out of my sight and create a little bubble where we would both be safe and nothing would ever happen to us. And if that meant shutting everybody out, that's what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. But, <laughs> but I acted against every instinct I ever had and I did the exact opposite. Uh -huh. Because it wasn't going to be a life well lived if we were just in the house all the time and we locked ourselves away. And I made sure that we did the things that I used to do with Liz, because for me, I'd been with her for, you know, 12 years or whatever at that point. I've got to do the math. I've forgotten some of this, but around 12 years. I think it was 12 because that was yeah. how long I was with okay. my husband too. And I was like, <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad you remember. Uh <laughs> So yeah, it was like a little over 12 years and, um, and we'd done so much together in that time. I mean, we traveled mm -hmm. the world together. We lived in LA at that point. I moved there in 2002 and she died in 2008. So I've been in LA with her for six years. So I, we had a house together. I couldn't sell. I couldn't just up and move to Minnesota and be with my family and stuff. And so there was literally no place I could go in my community or frankly on earth for the most part. Mm -hmm. that didn't have some memory of her or some tie mm -hmm. to her. Um, even if I hadn't been there with her, it was a place we'd talked about going. If I go to Egypt, it was a place we'd always wanted to go visit right. together. So, mm -hmm. so I thought about that a lot. And I was like, I can't escape this. Like there's no, like I, if I go to the moon, maybe I can escape this, <laughs> <laughs> but there's nowhere else I can go where I can, I cannot feel this at some level. And so I just decided I'm going to run to it instead of mm -hmm. away from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep going to the same grocery store we went to, you know, yeah, like, yeah. because I can't, it's too hard to drive across town. Drive. To to a, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, practically speaking, it's like Maddie needs diapers. I'm not going to drive to right. the, the other target. Going on a road trip. This Maddie. one has memories. <laughs> right. It was like, shit, this is an emergency. We need to get this figured out. So, you know, and then that led me to like really start saying like, okay, well, we're just going to, we're going to throw all caution when we're going to travel all the time. And we started, you know, we, I wrote 
a good portion of my book in India uh, oh, cool. while I was, wow. yeah, just, we just went on a trip because I'd been there a bunch for work and I knew a lot of people and this yeah. wasn't like an eat, pray, love kind of thing. It was like, <laughs> I needed to physically get away from mm-hmm. my friends and family who would just pop in at all hours and different times. Um, and I needed to be, I needed a physical distance and a time difference where like people couldn't just call me, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, because I was 12 hours <laughs> yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and so 12 and a half hours away. And so it was like, you know, it, it really helped me to concentrate on, on this thing. And so, yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a journey of self-discovery, sadly. It was just, a journey of, <laughs> it wasn't a journey at all. It was just to get the hell out of town so yeah. nobody could bother me and I could write. So um, anyway. I, I will it. say I had never like thought about traveling to India until the bits and pieces that you put in your book about your trips there. I was like, oh, that actually sounds like a really cool place mm. to go see. Mm-hmm one of my favorite places on earth. I've been there oh, wow. seven times now. And I just, I, I'm, wow. we're actually, we've been talking about it with my wife. Now we've been, um, we're planning to take Maddie there before she graduates. Cause she hasn't mm-hmm. been since she was like just under two. Oh wow. And, um, so she has no memory, but I, we're going to take her before she graduates from high school, which is just fucking crazy that she's going to graduate. Yeah, I know. Days. I'm like, no, she's only one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She's only one and, um, plus 14. And, um, <laughs> and she just finished her freshman year of high school and it's not, um, but yeah, yeah. So we're gonna we're planning to go back there and, and do the mm-hmm. whole trip with the family. I've as I mentioned at the beginning, I've got two other little daughters, mm-hmm. and so they'll be somewhat older and they'll be ready to hopefully join us on the trip. That's <laughs> so fun. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah it'll be definitely. Fun. That's yeah. awesome. If you could do anything different with the adaptation, would you? Or are you pretty happy with how it all turned out? I'm really happy with the adaptation. I think I look back at this a lot and. Um, and I think if I had my way, I maybe never would have written my blog in the first place. Really? Really? I would have killed all of this from the beginning. Um, I I come from a long line of uh, self-saboteurs, I guess you could say. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, there's, a, there's a whole line of fatalism that runs through uh, mm-hmm. most of my life. And so I expect little. Um, I don't, I, I never, I didn't do this to get famous or to, mm-hmm. to, to have a movie made about me. Um, I literally started writing my blog for Maddie and for my family to know that, um, that we were okay, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's why it existed. Mm-hmm. I never in a million years dreamed it, it would ever turn into this. And if I had done it, had I, had I thought this was going to happen, I never would have done it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it was too scary of a prospect to think that somebody might make a movie of my life. I would have said wow. no to that immediately. I never yeah. would have never would have thought it. And you know, there's so much. I think as time goes on, it's like you know, there was an article in the Atlantic. I haven't finished reading yet, but about <laughs> the dangers of like having your children online and stuff like that. And, oh yeah. Um, and sharing so much about them and stories of older kids. You know, because that generation is now becoming older. Maddie's fifteen. Yeah. yeah. Um. So far, our positive, our experience has been really positive, thankfully. Good. I mean, we had, Good. you know, there was stuff before she was old enough to know about it that was, you know, people were, why are you letting your dress like a boy? Yeah. And why is she have a yeah. short hair? Just terrible, you know, stuff that, that yeah. um, you That's know, horrible. it's not that she's not aware of. We've talked about it before. And yeah. the thing has always been like, we, I just love you no matter what, doesn't matter what happens. Um, but there's things like that. Uh, there was a blogger who was active at the time. I mean, she was the blogger who was active at the time that I was um she went by deuce and she just uh she just died by suicide recently oh, and wow. you know i didn't I, I knew her a little bit like 
you know, she followed me on Instagram. She had kind of had some struggles over the last couple of years with addiction and, and said some pretty um, transphobic stuff that I couldn't, oh. I couldn't deal with. And so I, I'd cut off any yeah. like yeah. thought about her a while back, but anyway, just like her, her death uh, has made me think about a lot of this stuff too. And, um, and like, think about like, what were we all doing back then? What were we doing yeah. in the, the 2000s, early 2000s? why were we sharing this stuff and and what was the goal here? And I think, right. you know, everyone's kind of short-sighted when there's new technology. We don't think about how it's going to impact yeah. us yeah. or our kids or whatever. And, and, it, and for me, mine started out so innocently. It's like, it was just, I just wanted to share this stuff with my family. And I wanted Maddie to be able to look back at it someday before I thought I'd have a book. She needed some ability to know her mom and, after her mom died, my, my worry was always going to be like, what if I got hit by a bus mm-hmm. you know, before Maddie had mm-hmm. memories of her own? What if I, you know, died suddenly and she was left without either of her parents? Like, how was she going to get to know us? How was she going to get to know her mom? And, um, and so that was the only goal. And now that she's 15 and I'm almost 46 and I'm still alive, uh, you know, knock on wood, <laughs> um, you know, I don't feel that immense need to have like chronicled all of it for her because mm. I can tell her about it yeah but I was so terrified of dying and leaving her alone that that's what drove me to do mm-hmm. all this stuff yeah and now that I'm here I kind of feel like I wish I hadn't done it yeah. <laughs> and that's a weird thing to say it's like um it's 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 not looking the gift horse in the mouth it's like literally kicking the gift horse in the mouth and saying yeah. get the fuck out of here and I feel like a true asshole for saying this because you know it's so many people's dreams to write a book or um you know or to make a movie or to to have some notoriety of some sort um but this this was not my dream I didn't I didn't want any of this and um and I wish I didn't have it you know I would have uh-huh. traded it all for Liz uh, just right. for a few minutes with her yeah and yeah. um and I've I've had a lot of great things happen since she died and um and you know it sounds weird when I say it this way, but I thank her for all of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the life that I have now is, is a result of her um, being remarried as a result of her, uh, mm-hmm. you know, having two more kids as a result of her. And, um, and I'm thankful for all of it. I'm thankful for the relationships I maintain with her family uh, and some of her friends. And um, I, I'm, I'm the luckiest guy in the world in a lot of ways. And I, I wish I didn't have any of it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah. what I would have done differently if you need a short snippet is I would have done it all differently. I would have never done any of this stuff. So. Well, we hope you're okay with being on our podcast, even though yeah. you didn't want to. <laughs> listen, listen, I, you know, it's it, <laughs> these things happen in time, right? These time yeah. things happen in history and you can't change them, right? Yeah. Maybe there's a parallel universe thing going on. I just saw the, the, the new Spider-Man movie and <laughs> I'm seeing that tonight. It's <laughs> great. Maddie's seen it twice. She made a oh, wow. with her this week. It's, it's really, it's, it's, it's incredible it's, oh, I'm excited. it's like oh. one of the best movies you ever see um so yeah maybe in some parallel universe i could change it all and and it would be different um but the fact that it, it is this <laughs> yeah means that i want to embrace it i i yeah. like i said at the beginning like i'm surprised anybody wants to talk to me this, this movie's been out for two years <laughs> my book's been out for 13 years at this point i guess uh or 12 years at this point um I, I'm I'm thankful that you guys wanted to talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool that anybody cares. 
um, <laughs> people listen to it uh listen listen to, to your podcast and hear more of these stories because i think it is fascinating i mean mm-hmm. I, I think even people who've been following me on instagram for 12 years or whatever probably don't know some of this stuff and they maybe mm-hmm. not don't know exactly how yeah. i feel about some of these things um you know it is it, it, it's weird to live your life in this way and mm-hmm. to be oh, I bet. kind of online but but frankly like it's not none of it's real none right. of it yeah yep. yep having a movie made about my life is not real writing a book is not real none of this in my day-to-day existence none of this exists yeah. you know what I mean yeah. yeah it sounds weird to say but like I don't define myself as when I when I go to a doctor's office and they ask me for my occupation I put homemaker in there mm-hmm. when I meet and I meet a lot of people. I mean, I meet a lot of people through my wife's work, you know? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Famous people, famous people whose level I should feel like I'm trying to be on. Yeah. And when they ask me what I do, I don't say, oh, I made a, I wrote a book. And I, I made do you it. remember this, Fatherhood? <laughs> yeah. Have you heard of Kevin Hart? He played me in a movie. Like, that's not my, if I have enough drinks, maybe I'll say it. But, but my go to is always like, oh, I'm a stay at home dad. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's the, that's what defines my life. That's what makes me feel good as a person. Mm-hmm. None of the rest of this exists in my everyday reality. It, it just yeah. doesn't. My wife is a very accomplished screenwriter and TV writer and all this stuff, but she doesn't define herself by that. Yeah. She yeah. talks about being a mom and being a friend and being a really fun person. And I've learned so much about her, like with all the success she's had, it does, none of it matters. No, you know, none of it matters. It, it, it helps afford, you know, a house and a, a remodel that we're doing and all this, <laughs> all this stuff that we have, all these books, you know, she's paid for and stuff because I don't work anymore. Um, <laughs> but none of, none of it matters. None of this. When, when you're dead, it doesn't matter. It, you know, yeah. what have you done for your friends? What have you done for your family? What have you done for your kids? What kind of legacy have you left? That's not about a movie or a book or a, even a podcast or anything. It's about how have you touched people? How have you... Right interacted with people how have you made their lives better and like I said I I I got a phone call from a friend of mine just before this this podcast and she had me in tears she was just calling to say thanks she's been through some really rough stuff over the last couple of years and to hear her say what she had to say to me uh, out of the blue I mean it's a Thursday afternoon morning here in LA I don't I I don't know why she's calling I answered her call because I don't know if it's an emergency or she just wants Mm -hmm. to tell me a story about some band she heard last night (laughs) yeah yeah. but I answer the call because I care about her and she's she's one of my best friends in the whole world and um and and to be here you know 20 minutes before I'm talking to you as I'm trying to prepare for this (laughs) got me in tears and I'm like (laughs) like, how dare you (laughs) but I I told her I'm like but that's what matters like that friendship is what matters it doesn't matter that you insulted me the first time you met me and told me I was (laughs) (laughs) you know that I was a fucking nobody or whatever that I didn't deserve to be on Oprah and that she did she was right she was right about it all because I'm not I'm not special I'm not I'm not anybody other than just a normal guy who had some bad stuff happen and through a whole lot of privilege was granted the ability to do these things and if that's the only thing I can get people to understand about where I sit in my current Mm -hmm. life and where I've sat throughout my life since Liz died especially I hope that's what they get out of this is that this is not you know I I wrote a kid's book because my friend kept threatening me that if I you know I had this dumb idea and she's like if you don't go to your agent I'm going to go to your agent we're going to do it and it's just everything in my life is about saying no and then I have to tell myself I have to say yes Mm -hmm. because you never know where it's going to lead you And, and yeah I wrote this other book and and it was it was really fun but I never dreamed I would do it um 
I guess what I'm getting at is it's just like none of it matters. I, I yeah. just I, I want to make sure Maddie's happy. I'm taking her to the mall with her friends so they can go bowling and, and play mm-hmm. some video games and and I live for it. Yeah. yeah. I absolutely live to do this stuff. Um and I'm so excited that she gets to do it. And then we have the, the ability to make sure that she can have thirty dollars to go bowling today, you know? Yeah. Um I, I feel really lucky in spite of everything that's happened. And I don't, it's not because of a movie. It's not because of a book. That's not why I feel lucky. I feel lucky mm-hmm. that I still have people that love me. I feel lucky that I still have a lot of people that let me love them. And, uh, and I'm glad that I have great friends that, that will call me up on a Thursday and tell me how much I mean to them. That's, you know, yeah. what, what well, else That's is what life's I about. Love it. Yeah. I was, yeah. yeah, it was um, at Cameron's funeral. It was like, on social media you know all the posts about how great he is and like people who got up and talked about him and all my thoughts were like if he only knew it's like why do we wait and share it at people's funeral and not tell them because he suffered from depression and all this and part of the reason was because he's like i feel like a nobody like why like what am i here for well i mean besides us <laughs> yeah and, no, and that's it's hard right that's an existential thought like yes. all, what are what are we here for what is yeah. all of this and it's yeah so now it's like my goal is instead of waiting for your funeral on your birthday or any random day i'll be like oh my gosh you should just my life wouldn't be the same without you and say something positive and it's it's my favorite texts that i get are just from like i have a lot of friends who live out of state and they'll just send me a random text any time of day and it's just Bree, I love you. You're one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Thanks for life. And I'm like, just a simple thank you. Yeah. Isn't that what's, that's exactly what it should be. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in telling people you love them, you know? Yeah. And my dad, who's a big, tough construction worker guy, mm-hmm. used to be on job sites. He'd be on the phone. So every time he'd say, I love you, you know, say it to my mm-hmm. mom every time I got a phone with her, all this stuff. And, um, and I think men, especially are just, you know, cliche yeah. idiots don't want to say that <laughs> stuff. I'm glad I you tell said my kids, it. Yeah, I yeah, know it's true. Um, and I say it all the time. I tell my kids all the time how much I love them. I tell Maddie all the time, every time before she goes to bed, I tell her how much I love her. Um, these things are important. And, um, and I'm, I wish I were making up that story about my friend, but she literally called me right before you guys. And it, <laughs> and it, I didn't, I truly didn't know why she was calling. And it's mm-hmm. such an amazing thing to have somebody that's willing to call you up and just say, Hey, you mean a lot to me. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, I've had, I've had a lot of things happen that have been bad and you're one of the good things. And like, yeah. you know, I I've had to say that to my wife lately, like, you know, she's on strike and we're yeah, <laughs> yeah, a whole lot of expenses right now and she's not getting paid. Oh, and, yeah. um, well, that sucks. You know, and she's feeling a lot of pressure because she's, cause I don't, you know, my work is in the house. I don't, I don't yeah. get paid mm-hmm. for it. Um, and so she's got a lot of pressure to, to provide for everything for, you know, mm-hmm. a remodel, a rental, a mortgage, a second oh, mortgage, wow. yeah. just <sighs> eating, um, you know, my books and all the other things I buy, um, <laughs> you know, and she feels a lot of pressure, but I've had to tell her like, we'll figure this out no matter yeah. what happens. If, if you lose your job, they, they cancel your show. You never get another movie. Like we're all alive. We're all going to be yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out. We have to move to a smaller house. We have to sell our house as a construction zone, whatever, mm-hmm, we'll figure mm-hmm. it out. None of it, yeah. none of it matters as long as we're together and we can find some happiness. And yeah. honestly, you know, I, I've gotten to spend a lot more time with her over the course of the mm-hmm. strike. She's been on strike for a little over a month now. And yeah. normally at night, she's in front of a computer working after the kids go to bed, after we have dinner, she's working till midnight, two o'clock in the morning, whatever, <laughs> all during the day she's working. She's working on weekends. She's got her mm-hmm. phone. If she's not working, she's getting texts from her sister who she works with or colleagues or whatever. Yeah. 
And to see her over the last month not be in front of a computer at all and to not see her getting constant texts and emails has been like such like a, such an important part of our life and our relationship and to see her happy not working oh, yeah yeah it's so, so cool and again it's and this is proof to me that she doesn't define herself by these successes yeah. she's had mm -hmm. she defines herself and her happiness by how much time she's been able to spend with her kids since she's been yeah. on on this uh on this strike and how much time she's been able to spend with me and um and what the the studios don't seem to realize is that she'll do this forever Mm -hmm. yeah i think you know studios she, are dumb sometimes <laughs> they're very dumb i saw a guy yesterday holding a sign at the picket lines that said uh, do you guys have sweet green where you where you no no uh, what is that it's like one of those like fast salad places okay. like, you know okay. it's like a step above fast food but it's like salads you can okay. pick yeah. this guy had a sign that said i hate sweet green so i can do this forever because <laughs> hollywood writers get their lunches brought in you know it's like part of the union <laughs> They get free lunches, but they're limited in scope and what can be delivered or what their assistants can deliver. Yeah, uh, pick up for them. And so this guy's making a point, saying like, "I hate you're going to be so sweet much. green all the time. If so. you ever want content again, you better figure this yeah. out because I can, I can take it forever." I can do that. Yeah. My, my wife is saying is that I love being home with my family so much that mm -hmm. I don't care if I ever go back. Mm -hmm. Yes, we're gonna. I'm gonna have to start working at Starbucks or something. I have no skills. Uh, other than <laughs> I make her coffee sometimes, so maybe I can do that. I have to learn a lot for sure. Um, You're like, is there a curing? <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean that's that's my my skill. So I don't know what I was saying, but you know, I, I just I, I do think that like, yeah, I'm a very lucky guy, and I'm very lucky to have the people that I have in my life who who do understand what's most important, and um, yeah. and yeah, we're, we're I'm thankful yeah. for it. Good. Awesome. Okay. All right. Well, we're on to our wrap-up questions now. Oh, great. Perfect. Yes. All right. What has been your favorite book to film adaptation? My favorite one. I have to say my wife's book to film Girl, adaptation. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. The people we had the wedding. Uh, I would say, uh, and and that's kind of a cop-out. And like, of course, <laughs> I'm going to love my, my wife's adaptation. Um, yes. But it's better than saying my own book to film adaptation. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I do genuinely think that her... Her um her adaptation of this book is really good. The book is amazing. Okay. Uh, their adaptation is great. Awesome. Uh, it's got um, uh, Kristen Bell's in it. Uh, Allison Janney. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, That's like a great it's, cast. It's a great cast. Um, it didn't get the best reviews. Um, but yeah. I think sometimes uh, like I, comedies don't often get great people reviews. People hate at the wedding. Is this the one where like they're sitting at a table and like it's all the people that like were invited but not invited or like yeah kind of it's like the family I is like just I've terrible seen this. <laughs> yeah you may have it's really it's it's I great the so movie. <laughs> go back and watch it um yeah if you want to talk to my wife i'll, I'll make sure she does your podcast yeah um awesome. it'll be the you know the other side of it but, uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. yeah. yeah that'd be awesome uh, yeah so I, I i really but i really did enjoy it and i think it's it's such a such a uh it's, it's such a funny movie and i'm glad that uh they got oh. the chance to write it so we're adding it to our list now yes yeah do it everybody <laughs> else too it's great and do you have a least favorite? Like, do you think uh, adaptation where they just screwed up the movie or they didn't Shouldn't match have even it? touched it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I don't know how to pronounce this either. So uh, I apologize in advance. It's either the family Fang or the family Fong. Did you guys ever see this? No. So Jason Bateman made this movie probably like, it must have been like 2012 or 2015. I don't know, sometime a while back. Mm -hmm. But the book is amazing. The book is okay. really, really good. It's the same title. I would say if you get a chance, read the book. It's 
it's just awesome. And it's kind of about what we were talking about in terms of like kids who were brought into their parents, like stupidity in a certain Uh way. Okay. (laughs) Um, And I don't want to give too much of the book away, but I think it's, I think it's a really well-written book. I I love the book so much. Somebody gave it to me um, probably as a warning about, (laughs) (laughs) as about being online. You're a parent now. (laughs) Well, somebody, somebody, if I can remember, I can't remember who gave it to me, but somebody was like, this reminds me of you. And I was like, <laughs> and I read it. And I was like, oh shit, is that, is that good or bad? Um, but anyway, you read it and you tell me what you think. Okay. But um, I, I really think the book was great. I think the movie was terrible. And, oh, okay. um, and I hate to say that about anything. I don't want to judge somebody else's art, but right. like, yeah. the movie was not as good as the book for sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've I had a few you. of those on our podcast already where I'm like, oh, I'm what sorry to say this, but this was horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it, it happens sometimes. So mm-hmm. yeah. Is there a book that you wish would get adapted into a movie? Oh my God, so many, so many. <laughs> um, I have, and I'm not going to say it right now because uh, I have my wife reading a book that I read last year, oh. I think. And oh, I'm trying to- You got to... an in. You could just be like, I love this book. Can you, Can you make it, please? That's what I do all the time. I'm oh, like, I have one that I want you to adapt. And yeah. um, and I, I saw her sister at, uh, we were at- um, we were at their parents' house for like some event a couple weeks ago, and I cornered her. She was talking to me about some stuff. I was like, "Get your sister to finish this book, and you read it, and then I want you guys to turn this into something." Um, it might be more of like a, a limited series. I don't know if you guys have seen uh-huh. like Yellow Jackets or something yes. like that. Uh-huh. Yes, um, something along that vein. Um, anyway, so I'm not going to tell you the title because I don't okay. want anybody else to grab this. But yes. if this That's ever happens, <laughs> we'll come back. We'll do your podcast. I'll yes. talk about how yes. I made my wife and her sister do this because <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> I think the book is absolutely brilliant. I can tell you after we're done recording. Yes. I'll tell you what it is, so you can yes. read it because yes, the book please. Is, I think it's one of my favorite books I've read ever, but it's um, definitely the best book I've read in the last five years. Okay, um, awesome. And so uh, hopefully they can adapt it. So that's one. But I can tell you, I like I, I was grabbing books. Um, I, <laughs> I, I read a lot of translated stuff just because I find oh, that oh, to be cool. fun. I like to, I, I'm trying to read stuff that's not just like, you know, especially like white men in America. Yes, yep. Um, most of these are probably white men in Europe, but anyway. <laughs> At least it's not on American, America. Yes. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to vary my reading a bit, but anyway, yeah, there's a couple like, there's this author, he's Norwegian, I think, uh, named John Fossey, mm-hmm. and he's a playwright and he writes a lot of like short stories and stuff, but I think his writing is incredibly evocative of like, I've, I've not been to Norway, but I feel like I grew up in Minnesota, so I kind of get it a little bit mm-hmm. yeah. um but it's like it's you can feel like the coldness and the dampness oh, cool. of the place and all of his and every one of his books yeah um, but, but one of my favorites is called Elicit the fire um okay. and it's it's a short it's a short book um and it would be i think it'd be a really good like independent film somebody could make and maybe a short film or something but it's it's beautifully written it's super like it just feels dark you know it just yeah. feels dark um, books like and, that <laughs> yeah and like all of his books I've ever read have just been wonderful he wrote one called morning and evening which is about a guy dying and uh and then you mm-hmm. know kind of that transition of a baby being born and like you know, uh-huh. so there's always been that oh, thing about cool. like when somebody dies another person is born oh and, yeah yep and so it's just that kind of thing and in his description of this guy dying is one of my favorite things I've ever read just wow really um yeah it's just incredible like just the the feeling of your last day on earth and just how oh, yeah. everything stops working like it was a slow thing it wasn't a quick death like yeah. a lot of people have experienced but it's 
it's just it's a fascinating fascinating read and so i highly recommend any of his books i just think that they're they're beautiful um and uh and then the one that i think should definitely be made into a, a movie and i think could do really great if it hasn't been done yet it's called zone by okay. this french writer named uh matthias anard and it's about a spy who is um who's like getting out of the game and he's like taking a train to the vatican to like turn over all these documents he has and he's just Whoa. like I'm turn this in and he feels bad for all the stuff he's ever done um and the book is written in such a like a propulsive way there's like no punctuation oh um, okay so it's just one long sentence there's, i think there's a part if i if i got this i'm not very smart but i think in the middle <laughs> there is some punctuation i think it might be him dreaming oh um, so there's like one section in the middle of the oh book. It's that's like a, interesting it's like a 500 page wow it's a dense ass book um <laughs> but it, it's so wonderful and it reads so fast because there's no punctuation yeah and and i read this not long after it came out it's probably like 10 years ago and I, I still maintain this is one of my favorite books of all time wow. and it's um it's not for everybody because of the lack of punctuation but like mm-hmm. i felt like at a time when I was writing my blog, when I didn't use punctuation and I didn't capitalize things, mm-hmm. like it was really yeah. neat to see something kind of like that and to see it work <laughs> in yeah. a way that yeah. was like, You're like, Hey, people are probably reading this. <laughs> yeah. And it made sense. And it made sense uh, in, in the story too, because it's just yeah. this train ride and he's just mm-hmm. pulling, you know, stuff in and it's, it just, it felt fast and it felt just beautiful. And so I, I recommend this book to everybody I know, and I don't think awesome. any one of them have ever read it because oh, um, <laughs> it's really, it's really, um, it's a daunting task, so to speak, but yeah. I, I love it so much. And I think um, if you're into like, if you've ever seen any, like the Jason Bourne movies or anything, uh-huh. it's kind of like a more boring version of that because it's just on the train, <laughs> but the things he describes having been a part of are really fascinating and really cool. Right. And so um yeah so yeah matthias anard is the guy's name okay um, thank you and uh and he's he's amazing he's written a bunch of other books that are great too and then um yeah and then john fossey who i i think like you should read okay. any of his books oh, most of them are really cover. short these are beautiful these are all so beautiful and they've yeah. all been re-released by like um Remember maybe new directions or something so they have like new covers on some of them mm-hmm. um, oh. and then one last one because i just love this book too yeah. since yeah. it's called empty the sun by this guy named joseph oh, matson like that cover okay. too so this comes uh if you can find a copy of it, it comes with a like a oh. cd of original music um oh, cool. by a really cool guy named ben chastney who's um he's in a band called like six organs of admittance and he's done some it's like it's all you know it's wordless you know sort of music and it's, yeah. it's beautiful yeah. But it's a soundtrack to the book, and it's really cool. Wow! Um, so this also awesome. came out probably like twelve or thirteen, maybe fifteen years ago. I have no idea. But I read it, and it's very much a time and place. I don't know if you've ever. I I happened to visit the place that's described in the beginning of the book just weeks before I read this. Just by oh wow! Coincidence. Yeah. And so it was like really weird to to have been there <laughs> like, and oh, read about it. Um, and this guy is a really interesting guy. He's from LA. I I one point wanted to I. I I mentioned him on a on a blog or something about how I wanted to meet him. He was like one of the few authors alive that I wanted to meet. Mm-hmm. And he contacted me and I got so freaked out when he did that I didn't respond to him. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was like, I don't, what would I say like to I this guy? I wanted to like, meet, but no. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I was like, I know, cause he figured it's never going to happen. I'm like, he's right, too cool. Yeah. I can't, I can't talk to this guy. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, he, um, <laughs> uh i never met him but he's gone through some stuff. he's had like cancer and stuff and i think he's kind of quit writing but he's like such a, he writes so beautifully it's really it's like it's it's pretty dark stuff again you can see yeah. where i tend yeah. to go with this stuff um <laughs> and, and it's you know 
it, these are just like unsavory LA characters, you know, yeah. like Bukowski and things like that. So, but it's, yep. it's, a, it's a wonderful book. I love it so much. So anyway, that's, that's awesome. those are, those are the three that I think I would love to see. They'll never get made ever, um, <laughs> but hopefully, and then I'll tell you about the other one when we hang up. So, okay. Okay. Like and then do you have a movie that you wish would turn into a book, like have more detail and stuff like that? Oh God, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> I don't watch a ton of movies to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like it's mm -hmm. um and I and I saw this as a question you guys might ask me and I I thought about it so much and I cannot <laughs> I honestly can't think of one. That's <laughs> no, fair. Do, do you have any example <laughs> of a good one that you guys I was gonna say it's our question. I don't even have an answer. So <laughs> it's a hard one. It's a really hard one. Yeah. You're more of the movie buff. I really am. Actually, oh I've got one. Okay. Just because I love the story, I think I would like to see the characters in a paperback or hardback pa pages. There we go. The Rover. Did you ever watch The Rover? No, I never saw that. It's uh, with Guy Pierce and Robert Pattinson and who it's an Australian director. I can't remember his name. It's a name that I don't even think I can pronounce, but <laughs> It's basically, it's like this dystopian future where this guy, his dog has died and he wants to bury it properly, but because it's dystopian, like there's no vegetation or anything, it's all desert land, but oh, then yeah. his car gets stolen. So then his, this whole movie is just about him trying to go get his car. And so I think I would like that as a book. Interesting. I Now that you mentioned this, I think my, mm -hmm. my wife is really into those movies. Um, yeah. And I think she those probably has seen this. Yeah, I just like I always fall asleep in movies, so she sometimes watches yeah. things without me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I did not fall asleep in the Spider Verse movie. So oh, good, good. That's that's a ringing endorsement from a forty-six year old hey. man who falls asleep <laughs> everywhere. I get a, a dark space. So Spider Man's um, my favorite. So I'm going to take my kids to it this weekend. Oh, the, they're yeah. going to absolutely love it. It's it's good. mind blowingly beautiful and just like so cool. Good. And the, that's and it's good for adults part. too. Mm -hmm. I love that it looks like comic books. That's yeah, my favorite part I love about that. those animation style. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those guys, uh, Lord and Miller, are just, they're like geniuses. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, um, yeah, my wife is like, she walked out of there and she was like, I will never make anything that good. And I was like, oh. no, I'm like, you will. She's like, no, those guys are geniuses. I'll never make anything that good. I'm like, just, you you will. And <laughs> well, even if you don't, yourself. this is like, this is one of the best movies of all time. Like, I had to give her this like talk. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. you know, like, even though like I wrote this book and like, it's great. It's like, it's, it's out. Like it, you know, did fine, whatever. Like it's an important thing. But like, it's not the best book ever written. And anybody who yeah. tells me that it is definitely has never read a book before uh, besides <laughs> mine. And if they tell me it's the worst book ever written, well, then they also haven't read too many books because I know, yeah. I know my book in the, There's in quite the, a few <laughs> in the history of books. My book is somewhere probably in the middle. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not so. the best. It's not the worst. And I said, anything you create is probably going to be that. But the fact that you created it is so amazing and yes. so important. Mm -hmm. um, but then she's like, but I want, I want that, you know, she, I want to be at that level. <laughs> yeah. I want to do that. And she's, she's actually done some work with those guys before. So oh, like, on. you know, and she, they were like, they were shooting a pilot for a, it didn't end up going, but they were shooting a pilot when uh, Lord Miller were filming, um, la, it was called last man on earth with uh, oh, Will yes. Forte. So yeah. They were filming that on the same, like, like oh. same soundstage and using cool. the, I think the house or something. So actually, you know, uh, in my wife's show, uh, Will Forte is one of the actors or one of the voice actors. Okay. 
And yeah. so they got to, I mean, they'd done some work with him before, but they got to see him on the set and they talked to yeah. Lord Miller. So like, there's this whole thing where like, they've done some work with them, but now they're like, you know, they did the Lego movie <laughs> they're, I think, and they're right. doing all this stuff and it's just incredible. So she's, um, she does care about her job a little bit, I guess, sometimes. And she's like, <laughs> like, I want to, I want that. I want to create I want that. that level. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she I'm like, but you're doing, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, but you're doing amazing. And so, anyway, yes. it's, it's, it's very funny. So yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, you sort of, answer this one favorite book was that one of the three or do you have a different favorite book i mean i have so many favorites one of those three <laughs> is probably right up there um there's more john fossey books i'm trying to look and see what i've got here um i read uh after liz died i couldn't read any like nonfiction stuff mm-hmm. um i just couldn't do it um and so i was reading a lot of fiction which i you know i i like a lot of like history books and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when I say I don't watch movies, I really only watch documentaries. Um, and it's not because I'm like a smart guy or anything. It's just, yeah. that's what holds my attention. I need something to yeah. like keep me going. Um, you know, so I was, I was not reading a lot of, uh, you know, history and, and like other biographies and things like that after this. I didn't want that to influence my writing either. Yeah. Um, so I read so much fiction. I read a lot of poetry. So I got really into uh, this guy from Minneapolis named, uh, not from Minneapolis, but his buried there now and, and taught there for a while but named john berryman and mm-hmm. his uh poetry is really weird so I, I some of his books uh dream songs is like a lot to read but it's really great and um i think it won the pulitzer a long time ago but it's a um, beautiful book and and probably not right for the times anymore but it's it's, it's a <laughs> mm-hmm. really great book um so that kind of stuff um I'm trying to think what else but yeah the ones i mentioned to you are are you know I mean, especially, I would say just about any book John Fossey's ever written. I'm telling you, read some of his stuff. Just pick one that you think sounds interesting. There's one called Boathouse, which I think is, it didn't end the way I wanted it to, Uh, but but it's beautiful. Um, uh, But yeah, I I think his, his, I don't go to a lot of plays, but I I think playwrights Mm -hmm. are so talented. They just don't hold my attention. But I think... (laughs) his writing as a playwright really informs his writing as an author and it really comes through in in these books uh and they're so much more beautiful than i think um than than some other books have been written just because i think this guy's ability to write and his range of writing and his uh just all of the effort he puts into it is probably informed by being a playwright um i don't Mm -hmm. know what i'm talking about but that's my guess (laughs) and um so i I just think but i just think whatever he does is like it's just it's gold to me and um every Mm -hmm. time he he puts out another book i'm just like i gotta i gotta tear through this so let me read it yeah 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 definitely cool yeah and then i know you don't watch a lot of movies but do you have a favorite you know that changed so much since yeah. I've um, I've gotten older. I, my favorite movie used to be called um, "Welcome to the Dollhouse." I don't know if you've ever seen that. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. I loved it so much um, before I had children. And this is not one of those things where, like, I'm a girl dad and I can't uh, change the way I saw women. It's not that. Yeah. Um, this is about a kid who's getting like picked on a lot. And oh. um, and I think just having a child, you know, mm-hmm. like you didn't want to see that anymore. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's not that thing. It's, you know, you, you get a lot of typical dads who are like, I had a daughter and I got married and now I can't be mean to women because I love a woman or something. That's oh. not what I'm getting at. Yeah. And I don't want that to be the, 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 the thinking around that. It's just <laughs> simply that this was like a, um, you know, it was like a really hard movie to watch, but that used to be one of my favorite movies of all time. Huh. Um, mm-hmm. Trying to think uh again documentaries are what hit me pretty mm-hmm. hard yeah i just watched a really great one called um uh what was it uh the pez outlaw okay um, what's that which 
it's about a guy and this is gonna sound terrible and boring <laughs> but a guy who imports pez dispensers into the u.s illegally oh um, what there's an illegal pez <laughs> black market for pez there's a whole black market for pez dispensers this it's does crazy. not sound boring to me at all it is fascinating and it's beautiful and you'll you'll see a great love story in it which yeah. you wouldn't expect from something like this but it's um it's really it's a it's a great movie i saw it um i saw it a couple months ago and i can't stop talking about it so i would oh, okay. say awesome. watch that um okay. and, and and tell me what you think i i do want you to email me about any of these books that i talked about okay or okay. this movie because um i think you'll i think you'll really enjoy it and then if you watch my wife's movie you should tell me too yes so, yeah we yeah, will that would be, be so awesome so, for sure yeah but yeah that that i think because i don't have a great memory for things that's the one that's stuck with me lately so that's one i'd say that works Perfect. very good <laughs> Okay, and then we would like you to talk about anything that you would want mm-hmm. to like where to find you if you want our listeners to find you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you want to find me, I'm on Instagram. I'm uh it's just my name. It's just at Matt Loglin. You can follow me. I, I'm private, but I let pretty much everybody in as long as you don't <laughs> I you know, I have like a weird vetting process. It's like, do you have like five hundred followers and you posted twice? Like you're usually a bot. Um, yeah. It's not yeah. always the case um so i like i'm kind of selective with it but like mm-hmm. you know um but yeah anybody can follow me it's like it's very boring i will warn you it's um <laughs> as as you probably gleaned from most of this this is not about the life of some mm-hmm. you yeah. know hollywood writer it's about a guy who uh, takes his kids to the zoo and takes his kids to the you know local playground and stuff like that and we go yeah, to farmers yeah. markets and eating tamales and stuff and so Yum. it's pretty it's pretty boring as lives go but you can you're welcome <laughs> to follow along awesome All well right. This has been so fun. Thank oh you so much. Gosh, yes. Thank you. I'm sorry I talk so much, but I'm really no, glad to this. Was this was fantastic. <laughs> Thanks for letting us chat with you for I two know. hours. Of course. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be two hours. No, but it was anytime. Oh my gosh, I loved it. So yeah. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you enjoyed this awesome interview with Matthew Loglin. Allie and I just feel so incredibly lucky to have even interviewed him. Like, thank you so much, Matthew, for coming on to our podcast. And thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed this nice little surprise during our break in between season two and season three. But guess what? We've got like a week and a half until we're back. And we're back with my birthday month books. I'm so excited. The first one, I think, is The Great Gatsby, but let me double check. I was right. It is The Great Gatsby. We are starting with The Great Gatsby. We hope you enjoy it. (laughs) Bye, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, we would greatly appreciate it if you subscribed, rate, and reviewed. You can also follow us on Facebook at Offscript, Instagram at Offscript Podcast 21, and TikTok at Offscript underscore pod. Shoutouts to Madame Ashen Creations for our adorable logo art. And Adam Daniel for our incredible theme song. And to Creative Cinephile Productions for producing our podcast. See you next time! time.